You know, we're talking about the book of Hebrews, you know, which is a really good thing uh, because it testifies that there will be coffee in heaven. <laughs> I will continue to crack Hebrew jokes until you stop laughing. So uh, that's two for two. Uh, feeling really confident. Uh, Cordy talked about um, the Bible study, and uh, you know, we're just kind of, it's more of an open discussion. We are for sure looking at the Bible, but I just want to encourage you guys to come. It allows you to go a little deeper into Hebrews. Um, last week, we had 12. Uh, nine of them were ladies, uh, so that is a call, men, to a few of you to join this next week and uh, bring that percentage up to like 40, 50%. Sound good? Okay, let conviction fall. Holy Spirit, get them. <laughs> Good times. Uh, so our series title for this book is Jesus is Better. Jesus is Better. Isn't that a true statement? He is always better. Always better. Um, so I just want to pray real quick. Father, bless. Bless the word. Thank you that the promise is the word of God never returns void without accomplishing what you sent it forth to do in the earth. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts where there's hardness there. God, where there's even resistance to you or where there's just guilt, God, when your cross and the blood has paid in full for that. God, that we just enter back into a soft, tender place, knowing that in you, we're always invited. We're always welcome. We always have a seat at the table. You're always for us. You're never against us. So Holy Spirit, just speak to us today in your good name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Who has a Bible in front of them? Sweet. All right, pick it up. Share it with your neighbor, page 1,000 or so, Hebrews chapter 1. Taylor, last week you read three verses. You passed the test. That was fully a test. This week you get to read all of chapter 1. If you come to this church, you just want to be ready. Pastor calls on people from the front. Uh, you can come up here. I got the Bible right here, baby. It's just a great book, page 1,000. Yeah, ESV, I guess. Y'all get pictures because I get to stand next to him on a Sunday like this. Oh, he's not going to, you're not going to stay up here? No. Okay. Um, Got all excited seeing next to you. I guess so. I don't want your nose to fall. You want to take your nose? Okay. All right. So. Verse 1, it says, Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels... I'm going to try to get through this. This is rocking me, dude. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. 
And you, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will never, I'm sorry, your, your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Amen and amen, huh? It's a good word. So through the book of Hebrews, we're going to continue to see that this one man named Jesus is better. He's better than prophets. He's better than the old covenant. He's better than the law. He's better than the priest. He's better than the sacrifice. He's better than angels. He's better than life itself. And what took place 2,000 years ago, guys, is still going on today. We're all still in this same thing. Is Jesus better? Because until Jesus is better, we're not going to live lives that are saying, I want to adore you. I want to worship you. I actually want to live for you. And everything in our culture and everything in our society is going to continue to push us to the left and to the right saying, look here, look there. This is better. But the Holy Spirit will continue to testify to one thing, and that is Jesus has always been better. And you know that there is a day coming where you'll stand before the King of glory, and you will know without a doubt, oh, Jesus, you are definitely better. This life is very short, and we are very blessed to have revelation, understanding that we could begin to experience the things of heaven now. We don't have to wait to eternity. That is a good day. So, hey, I took a two-month sabbatical. Most of you guys know that. All of July, all of August, off the grid. This church was amazing to bless me in that and to just allow me to chill and hit the pause button. Um, But we went to Colorado as a family, 10 days. It's a 17-hour drive there. It's a 17-hour drive back. I mean, the drive was good. Good. (laughs) Actually, it's pretty beautiful at times going through Utah and other places. Um, one of my, my young teens drove too, and my, my prayer life is so strong when my teenagers drive. Um, but uh, <clears throat> Colorado, Colorado was beautiful. Colorado blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how green it was, how vast it was. I mean, I saw all sorts of animals, saw foxes. I saw a bear with two cubs. Exactly my feeling, exactly. Um, but my whole life, what's something that's been on my bucket list is to see a bald eagle in the wild. Like God knew that. I always thought I was going to have to go to Montana or Alaska to see one. I had no idea that there were some in Colorado. Guys, I saw a bald eagle in Colorado. <sighs> I knew God was real already, but that was confirmation. It was confirmation. Man, I was blown away. I saw multiple bald eagles. There was an eagle's nest. The ranger told me about it, man. I took the whole family there. I did two hours looking for the eagle's nest. I didn't find it, but that doesn't matter. I still saw like more eagles in the sky. I was just like 
this is incredible. And after I saw the eagles, the whole trip, they had my gaze. They had my attention. There wasn't a time I went outside that we were like in nature that I wasn't like, where's the eagles, you know? I had my kids looking. We got binoculars. They started finding the eagles for me in the sky. I was just like, I'm there. I'm done. Guys, this book of Hebrews, it's a call to the Jewish Christians to give their gaze, to give their attention, to give their affections to Jesus. Look at verse six, if you would. To me, this is the linchpin verse of the whole chapter. It says, and when he again brings a firstborn, talking about the incarnation, God becoming human into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. Guys, whatever you esteem in life, whatever you value in life, whatever you worship in life, you will give your time, you will give your attention, you will give your resources, you will eventually give everything for this. There's a reason, and we looked at it last week, that Hebrews opens up with such a massive claim about Jesus, that he's the creator of the world, he's the sustainer of the world, look at his sacrifice, his forgiveness for you. There's a reason that we're called to see a king seated on a throne now. It's a finished work. What Jesus did 2,000 years on the cross for your life and my life, it's a finished work meaning you can't add to it by your good behavior or your good deeds. He finished it in full. His last words on the cross was to tell us that it's finished. I fulfilled the law. I paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice. You're forever clean and forever forgiven today. Guys, the good news is always good news. Right? Come on. The gospel is good news. What Jesus did for you. Today, we're going to watch that like in the water. That's why baptism is such a beautiful picture. Buried it with him in baptism, raised to the newness of life. Forgiven in Christ, raised to newness of life. You know, for the Hebrews and for us guys, there's a war happening in the earth. And if you don't know this, like I'm about to tell you. The war is for your worship. The war is for your affections. The war is for your devotions. What has your gaze? What has your attention? You will not get out of this life, out of that war. That war will never stop. And the older you get, sometimes the more the war intensifies. It's easy to start drifting from Jesus to other things. For the Hebrews, angels were the things he esteemed. Probably not the case for you and me, right? Some of you are like, no, I'm really into angels. Okay, for you. For most of us, probably not. (laughs) Yes. Oh, dear. (laughs) Um, But hey, so many other things can fill in the blank, right? Anybody watch Pinocchio and Disney, the new one? Bro, I got blasted watching Pinocchio this week with my family. I'm like, whoa, fame, yes. Pleasure Island, yes. Like Pinocchio was getting tossed to and fro. All he wanted was the father's love. I mean, just wanted to please dad. Everything else was pulling him to the left and to the right. You want to talk about angels for a little bit? 
because it's all in this chapter, you know. And we're like in a generation, you know, living in the West that we're just like, oh, the spirit realm, I don't even know how real that is. It's very real. (laughs) Angels are all throughout the Old Testament and all throughout the New Testament. They're seen as messengers, helpers. What does Hebrews 1.14 says? Can someone just read it out? That's right. Did somebody hear that? You guys are inheriting salvation, which means there's literally angels on assignment to minister to you. I can't tell you exactly what they're doing, but they're ministering. You know, and angels are all around. I'm convinced of it. In the Bible, you see this, guys. When people would encounter angels, what would happen normally? Yeah, fall down. Fall down around your face. See, sometimes we see angels, these like cute little things in the sky, the clouds. We're like, oh, you got a harp? Bro, this is not what we see in the Bible. When angels would show up, people hit the floor. They were like, the angel has been in the presence of God. This is a holy being. I think it's safer on the ground. You know, in the book of Revelations, literally an angel shows up to John and he starts worshiping it. This guy lived life with Jesus. He already knew he was the king of kings, the God of gods. But he starts, and the angel's like, no, 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 do not worship me. Worship him. But that's how holy and real it was that it literally provoked worship in John of an angel because it was so just like, wow, whoa. And throughout the Bible, you're going to see like dreams, angels showing up in dreams. Jacob, right? He takes a nap. It says angels ascending, descending on this ladder, throne of heaven. He's just like, whoa, dude. All around the birth of Jesus, people are, are encountering angels. Mary's getting spoken to angels. Zachariah's getting spoken to. Jesus literally stays alive because God brings an angel into his dream and speaks to him about get out of this and go a different direction because Herod's trying to kill Jesus. One of my most powerful dreams I've ever had was literally an angelic dream. The only dream I ever had with angels, but they were all in the sky. It was over Isla Vista. It was revival. And they were dancing. And they were, it was beautiful. I literally woke up with tears because it was that beautiful. Hebrews 13, we're going to get there in a year from now. Hebrews 13, it's the last chapter in Hebrews. It says, practice hospitality. For some of you have entertained angels and you didn't even know it. Dang, what does that mean? I don't know. But, but Abraham had these three angels in human form show up. So maybe Maybe there's angels walking the earth. And maybe he's saying, practice hospitality, having people in your home. Some of those people you had in your home, they were angels. You didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. Acts 12, guys, crazy story. Peter, for the gospel, gets tossed into prison. The church is praying for Peter to get out of prison. Somebody needs to hear this. The church is praying for Peter to get out. God hears the prayer. God responds how? By sending an angel. Everyone's napping. Peter's napping. Angel's like, yo, get up. We going. Peter's like, what? Huh? What? The angel literally throws open the doors. Peter walks out. How? By an angel. He gets to the house where they are praying. The people are praying for him. This is the craziest thing. I don't know if you guys read the Bible, but I do. 
he gets there and he goes to the door and they don't open the door. Someone comes in. It's like, I think Peter's angels at the door. What does that mean? Peter had an angel that looked like him and people were like, knew the angel? Anybody? Peter's angel. It'd be like me walking up the JB house. I'm like, oh, Jason's angel's at the door. It ain't Jason. It's his angel. (laughs) Okay. All right. Good time. Guys, it's 08, 2008. I'm in one of my hardest seasons of my life. It went on for many years, seven years or more, but this was a really hard time. The church had just totally kind of fell apart. I stepped in as lead pastor in 07. We already had two kids. Holly was pregnant with the third. They're all very little. Um, I'm, over, I'm overwhelmed. I'm literally overwhelmed. So I decide it's the middle of the day. I'm going to lay down, take a nap. Sometimes you need to take a nap when you ain't doing well. Um, but I lay down, and not even out of a prayer, but more out of exhaustion. And I don't do this. I don't really talk out loud. No, no wrong. Hey, no judgment for like talking out loud. Um, but I go, I say this out loud. I say, like out of exhaustion, like what am I doing? And I hear in a female voice, as clear as they audible, you're planning a church in Isla Vista. I'll tell you this, I didn't need a nap after that. That freaked me out. I was like, where is the angel? You know, but it was literally a female voice. And she said to me, you're planning a church in Isla Vista. That's wildness, huh? Guys, the spirit realm is very real. It really is. I have a lot of stories, um, but I hesitate to share stories. You know why? Because it can take your eyes off of Jesus. Some believers get really into spiritual stuff, really into spiritual stories, you know, this encounter, that encounter. But you could easily miss Jesus in the midst of spiritual experiences, which is why sometimes when God encounters you in a special way, you don't have to go tell people about it. You can actually say, this is secret. Yeah? I know. We don't have to post. It's crazy. Um, but it's like me and Holly have stuff that no one's ever going to know about because we're married, and it's a life of intimacy with one another. There's stuff with you and Jesus that you don't have to broadcast it. And maybe that encounter was just for the two of you and building history together. Second Corinthians 12, Paul has this crazy encounter. He literally goes up to heaven. But you know how he writes it? I know of a man. Whether in the body, out of the body, I don't even know. But he went up to the third heaven. And he says he came down and he couldn't even talk about it. He's like, things that I can't talk about. And then later he leaks it out. He's like, it was me. (laughs) But he literally wrote it in a way of like, I know of this guy. I don't know. I mean, I heard about the story. You know, in the body, out of the body, I don't even know. Guys, these mystical things are real. But you don't need to try to seek an experience. You're in one right now. You're in one. And it says throughout the Bible, people fell in a trance. You don't try to get into a trance. You fall in. I'm in a trance. <laughs> what is a trance? I don't even fully know. Um, but you're tranced out. You probably know if you're in a trance. One chapter before that, though, you know what he said? One chapter before this whole like mystical experience, he goes, I'm afraid, Corinthians, 
As a serpent deceived Eve by the craftiness, your minds would be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? See, guys, the church at Corinth was the most spiritual church. They were moving in the gifts. They're moving in power. They were seeing visions, all these crazy things, which is why he's like, I'm afraid that this serpent, this enemy, this devil is deceiving you guys, is pulling you to the left and to the right. And you're missing, you're missing. It's a simple Jesus. And, you, and you're missing devotion to him. And right before that, he's like, I brought you to one husband. I betrothed you to one man, to Jesus, to nothing else but him. Because guys, at the end of the day, I promise you, nothing will satisfy the way Jesus can satisfy. Everything else in this life, everything. It's like a cup that has holes in the bottom. I'm sorry, but it's going to drain the only cup that can hold the water that we long for is the person of Jesus. <sighs> guys, yesterday, you guys want to hear a little spiritual encounter? See, we love the stories. We love the stories. Okay, I'll give you one. Um, I know of this man that went to Chipotle yesterday because <laughs> his mom was visiting. Um, so we went to Chipotle as a family yesterday. I already leaked it out. It was me. Um, and uh, we had Chipotle. It was yummy. I love Chipotle. It's my favorite place before Isaac's soccer game. But afterwards, I was like, man, I want a coffee. So I'm like, I'm going to go over to Dune. Don't we love Capri? Capri is working, working it. So uh, get a coffee. And I have four of my kids. I have baby Annabelle. She's eight months. Isaac's eight. Zoe's five. And Jeremiah's almost 14. He was with me. So we walk out, and instantly this guy is yelling and screaming, and he's hitting the bush, like kind of by Chipotle. He's just being kind of wild. And in my spirit, I felt like, oh, this is demonic. This isn't the Lord. Fortunately, my kids had been raised in Isla Vista, so a lot of like five-year-olds or eight-year-olds would be like, oh, dad. They were like, mm, that's interesting. Cool. <laughs> we chilling. <laughs> They're just chilling. Um, but as I walk past him, as he's hitting this bush, he's in this demonic frenzy. He stops and he goes, Jason. And I look over, I'm like, not today. <laughs> I just kept walking. And I'll tell you this, I felt honored. I felt honored. I did. I felt honored that the demonic knows my name. I'm like, that feels great. But I say this, guys, that's a person. And Jesus loves them. And if I wasn't there with my kids, I might have said, what do you need? And engaged it. But I said, not today. And I meant not today, Satan. Like, we ain't talking. I'm with my family. You know, and we just kept going. In Acts 19, there's a story about the seven sons of Sceva. Their dad was a priest. I think they were Jews. But they were watching Paul casting demons out of people, right? So they were like, dude, we can do this. That Paul guy does, like, demons come out, it's rat. Let's try a spiritual experience. So seven of them go into a home. The demon goes, we recognize Jesus. We know Paul. Who are you? It says they came out butt naked and wounded. It was a tough day. I don't know what happened. I hope they came in with, like, minimal clothes already. I don't know how you go from, like, clothed to fully naked. But many of them, it says, came out naked and wounded. 
Guys, you can't fake spiritual authority, nor can you fake a real relationship with Jesus. This stuff matters. It matters more than you know. Where you're at with the Lord, you think the enemy is like out to play games? Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, destroy. I came to give life and life abundantly. So let me ask you guys, ask you, I'll ask myself this. Who is Jesus to you? Like, who is Jesus in your life? Does he have a voice in your life? Like, can Jesus actually speak into your life right now? Do you want his leadership or do you just want forgiveness? Like, do you want the leadership of Jesus in your life? Or do you just want to like, oh, I just want forgiveness. I don't, I don't know about the leadership. I mean, does his word matter? Like, is there any authority in your life that the word of God can actually like, er, stop? And you're like, oh, Steph, we're going to change directions. Guys, the war is real. It's so real. It's not a joke. What's happening in the earth, it's not a joke. And we would do well in the West to grow a little more reverence for the spiritual realm. We don't have to get all weird, be those weird Christians like, the spiritual realm, there's a demon every under rock, oh my gosh. They're out there, don't worry. The family of God's really fun. A lot of interesting aunts and uncles and cousins. and We just love them all. Just love them all. <laughs> I just don't want to be flippant about spiritual things, especially about God. One of my favorite descriptions of God is he's the God of angel armies. I don't know what you're going through, but I just know the God of angel armies is on your side. That is powerful. Let me read you guys something. Some of you are like, he's saying a lot, but is it backed up by scripture? Oh, it is. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Can somebody hear that? This week, be strong in who? And the strength of? Not your might, his might. Put on the full armor of God. How much? Eh, probably all that's good. So you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Wait, the devil has schemes? Just a few, just a few. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers. Listen to this. Our struggle is not against, I know, you're like, I thought it was my roommate. Eh, it's not. Don't look at your roommate right now. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Guys, there's something going on past what we can see. Bible actually says what is seen is temporal. What is unseen, it's eternal. And I know this may be a wake-up call for some of us, but let me say this. The enemy is a lot smarter than you and me. Some of you are like, no, nah, I don't know about that. I'm pretty smart. No. He's been around so much longer than you. He's been studying humanity forever. Before Adam and Eve were created, the angels, third of them, had already chosen rebellion and fallen out of heaven. They're way smarter because they've been studying us. And it's nothing to be afraid of or worried about. It just means we got to stay humble. 
And we got to stay low and we got to stay dependent on Jesus. Anyone watching the Lord of the Rings series? I got so blasted by episode one. So there's this, there's this uh, elf, a uh, female elf in the first one. And she's like this bad mamma jamma. We'll just use nice church language. She's bad. Um, and she just destroying people up in there. But they are looking for darkness. She's, she's committed to find the evil that they haven't been able to find. And most people are like, it's fine. Evil has stopped. We're good. We've been looking for like elves live forever or something. Sorry, all the Lord of the Rings people that you know this. They live a long time. So she's been looking like 40 years or something. Hundreds? Hundreds? Okay, so I can see why they were a little tired. Makes sense. I go like a month looking for something. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> Hundreds. Okay. But she's not good. And she's not done looking. And she says this to the future king. She says, and when, it, when I heard this line, man, I pr- pr- the spirit of God just came all over me. I was like, all right, it's time to sober up. She says, evil does not sleep. It waits. Evil doesn't sleep. It just waits. And some of you might be on the mountain right now, and you're like, we're we chilling. They will wait. Instead of Jesus, when they tempted him, you know how the devil came and tempted Jesus after 40 days of fasting? It said they left, and they were going to wait for an opportune time. Mm. They wait for when our guard is down, when disappointment comes in, where weakness is there. They wait. And that's why, again, we need the body of Christ and we need one another. Because sometimes like we need others to help fight our battles, bear one another's burdens, thus fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. Guys, we're all prone to try to look for other things to satisfy us. Hmm. Let's just wait one second. But guys, hey, we all are prone to look for other things to satisfy us. For the Hebrews, you know, they had a big thing with angels. For you, me, I don't know. It's different. You know, or I'm just going to skip what I was going to say, but do you remember when Jesus was dead <laughs> and Mary went to the tomb? Um, you know, she just, she wanted to see where's Jesus, you know, it was the third day. And she gets to the tomb and she discovers two angels, two spirit beings there. You know what she asks the angels after the, in the initial like, whoa? She says, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? I want to say this, guys. If you're looking for Jesus, angels aren't going to satisfy. If you're looking for Jesus, like, Pleasures aren't going to satisfy. If you're looking for Jesus, fame isn't going to satisfy. Like, what are we looking for in life? And the more that we look for Jesus, guess what you're going to find? 
are going to find him. His heart is to reveal himself to you. He may ask you, can you let that go? Can you take your grip off that? I think you've made that an idol in your life where you're trying to find your worth, your value, your significance. And sometimes he's so nice that he'll actually take stuff from us. It hurts, it stings, but it's actually the best thing he could have done. I've had so many different idols in my life, like especially before Jesus. I like lowrider truck. It was all about image. Gangster rap, let's go. Then I got over that season. Let's raise my truck. Let's sell drugs for a season. That was cool. Love sports. Remember when I was a believer, when the Rams lost to the Patriots in the first time Brady ever won? I was so crushed. I was, yeah, you laugh. Oh, you're from Austin? Straight up. Yeah, yeah. Just laugh. Just laugh. Laugh it off. Ha ha. Let's all laugh at that. Um, but dude, I was crushed. Why was I crushed so hard from that loss? Because I made sports an idol. I'm finding some of my identity in that. It hurts when your identity gets taken from you. Do you know all of our insecurities are just because we have a wrong security? You know that? That's why we're insecure, because we've found it on a wrong security. The more that this gets secured on him, the less that we're shaking, the less we're trying to find like, hey, look at me. Or like, hey, look at him. Yep, you. All right, I have some other stuff. But I think we're good. You guys feel good? Let's uh, let's do something real quick though. Can the worship come back up? Can you just like do like that strum thing? I like that thing. Um, let's just end with something real practical. What in your life right now is competing? for being better than Jesus, okay? Just let that sit. What in your life is competing for being better than Jesus? And I just want you to kind of like, once you discover that, just squeeze your hands tight because that's what you're doing. You got white knuckle on that thing. And when you're ready, just let it go to him, okay? Just have like an encounter with Jesus right now. Just like, I'm holding this tight, God. And when you're ready, just let it go. Claire's gonna come up to pray over us. And then we'll go back into a second set for a little bit. Mm. What a good word. Mm. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you're stirring in our hearts and our minds, just bringing to the surface everything that Jesus is calling for us to let go to lay on the altar, to nail to the cross, to surrender to him and to put him first. We wait on you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, your good thoughts towards us. We can trust you. We can trust you to let you lead, that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts and your ways are higher than our ways and that you are working all things for good for those of us that love you you are calling us all closer to you deeper into relationship with you our greatest joy is in alignment with you and your will and your kingdom we live for you we trust you we hold our hearts out to you Lord 
fill us with desire for all that you have for us, nothing more and nothing less. Take away any desire, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, take away any desire that is not holy and pleasing to you. By your stripes we are healed, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I got a word this summer and I feel like it's, it's for some of you here too. Sometimes Satan the deceiver has wounded us and we carry this blade in us and we hold on to it thinking it's a part of who we are, a part of our personality, just a part of us. The world's convinced us and Satan has convinced us that it's a part of us and we hold on to it. We don't want to let it go. And Jesus is there patiently waiting for us to let him take it out and ready to heal us. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you give us eyes to see that in us which is from you and that which is from the enemy that we need to let go and lay on the altar so that you can show us the new way of being. Help us to put off the old and put on the new in you. Yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We love you and we place you above all others, all other desires, hopes, dreams, and goals. When we wake up in the morning, may we give the day to you and trust all that you have for us in that day. And when we are done working, may we rest and trust that that is the work you had for us that day and it was enough, it was more than enough. It's what you had for us. And that tomorrow is a new day. Let us not be destination focused, but journey focused with you focused on walking with you and finding you in all things, hearing your voice in all things and being led by you in all things and trusting that you have the destination in sight, that you are taking us to good places, that you have fruit for us. May we keep our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. And when the storms come, when the trials come, may we not be distracted by the wind and the waves, but may we keep our eyes on you, find steady ground in you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and your goodness towards us and your guidance. All glory and honor is yours. It is in your name and by your power that we live and pray this prayer. Seal it on our hearts. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and all strength to walk it out in the days to come. In your name we pray. Amen.